0: Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we're going to be chatting about childhood video games, and we have a guest. Our guest is
1: Kyle.
2: Hey everybody, how are you doing?
1: For this episode, I thought it'd be kind of fun to go through chronologically start with a little bit of nostalgia and like what we played when we were little. And then kind of what we're playing now, what our video gaming life is now. I would like to start with this one because I think it's kind of funny because Kyle got like one of those emulator things that will play old video games and this is the first game that was played on that which i feel like real gamers will be very very disappointed but when i was little i had a game boy advance and i had a lizzie mcguire game i don't know if you had that kaylee i remember it she would like go through the halls and like she had to get to class and one she ha- fought a lunch lady in another and all that This was the first game we played on the emulator, like, a couple months ago, and it brought me so much joy. But I feel like the game that was supposed to break that in was probably, like, Mario or Sonic or something. But no, it was Lizzie McGuire.
0: So where did you guys find this emulator or simulator?
2: Uh, They're available on Amazon or, you know, uh, AliExpress. So they come with, you know, a memory chip full of, like, what is it, 40,000 games or something? And some of the things you just, I didn't know there were that many titles available, honestly. But if you really think about gaming history and all the different types of hardware that came out, it, it really gives you the whole gamut. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. And you have, it's it's finicky too. Like sometimes you have to re-image the system if it has some kind of error. But it's really a neat way to go back in time and, and definitely discover things you haven't played before as well as, Those things that make you feel like a little kid again, like Lizzie McGuire, apparently.
1: (laughs) It was fantastic. I loved it. It was great to replay it. So have you played any games on it, Kyle?
2: Let's see. What did I play on there? I played something called Bad Dudes, which was kind of one of the first side-scrolling, punch and kick games, you know, and a lot of those. This one was kind of groundbreaking in a sense because you had, like, It's based on an arcade port, so you had like two guys, and then we just walk through alleys, and it was this really cheesy, fun sound effects, like just, and you're just like beating up these enemy guys, and then it's pretty. It was pretty brutal the game, but it was. But as kids, I guess we turned out okay after all that. I I mean, I revisited it; it was pretty neat. Um, And of course, you know your staples like Nintendo and everything. We we'll get into that, you know. I'm sure. During the program, but that was my first one I played on this little system. It was only like eighty bucks or something, so pretty neat little system.
1: What about you, Kaylee? What is the first game you would like to highlight from the past? There are so many. How do you
0: pick just one? I think I'm going to start off with a chaotic one because I love chaotic video games, and that would be Roller Coaster Tycoon. So, if you ever played Roller Coaster Tycoon, we had it like on a little CD for our computer. My favorite part of that game was you could force people to go on rides and make them get extra sick, and you could also drown them. So, a game for kids, but there were definitely some things that were overlooked there.
2: No, that definitely has a lot of elements of chaos. And then they had um, was it uh, zoo animal zoo tycoon or something? Also, so there, I guess there was a lot of spinoffs on that. Although cruelty to animals is is uh, you know always discouraged on on this program. So. Unless the animals could eat like the visitors or something. I'm not really sure, though.
0: Yeah, same thing with cruelty to people. Just for the record, I don't make people get sick or drown them anymore on there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're over with that life. She, you know, she's reformed.
1: I feel like I played Roller Coaster Tycoon, but it wasn't when I was little It's when I was in college. Except I took it like very seriously, which I feel like the two of you would never expect. That I ran my Roller Coaster Tycoon as if I was running a real amusement park. I'm not surprised.
2: <laughs> Attention to detail.
1: You know, I needed to make sure my guests get, had positive interactions, and there was no forced rides, because I wanted people to have a good time and come back and give me their money.
2: We have to talk about The Sims, though, because that that is like a culture in its own. And uh, Leanne really kind of, I guess, made me kind of dive into it a little more, and just just the, I guess the magnitude of things you can do is almost... Like, it's substantial, you know, because you're sitting there and you can change your look. Your character has different emotions. Everything kind of depends on your actions. And it's kind of awkward the way people fall in love or get hungry out of nowhere or have to pee. And they're like running, try to get back to a house. <laughs> There's so many funny things. Leanne and Kaylee, was The Sims part of your childhood video game experience?
1: Not when I was little. I don't know when it happened, but I somehow started watching Sims videos on YouTube. I first started watching James Turner, and then I started watching someone who was like now his girlfriend called Deligracy. And I absolutely love watching these videos. Um, Those two are the only ones that I watch channels I watch regularly. And then I know last summer we got some account, but I haven't actually played recently because of school, so I need to get it on my new computer. But, again, with The Sims, I feel like there's two different ways to play Sims. One is people do unrealistic, crazy things, and there's other people who just, like, simulate their own life. Kaylee, I'm going to give you one guess which one is me. You're going to simulate
0: your own life. That's exactly what you're going to do.
1: Yes, except in my life, I have uh, two cats, two dogs, and I work as a vet. But, like, other than that, oh, I also made Kyle.
2: (laughs) I'm just a, a, a bald guy with a beard who wears flannels all the time. And I have my own guitar and piano and stuff, which is kind of accurate. Well, you have the
1: music career.
2: Yeah, music career.
1: But I definitely watch it more than I play it. So The
0: Sims, I've never... I don't think I've ever actually played The Sims. I've always wanted to, but I've never actually played it. I feel like it would be a game that I would enjoy, though, because, like I said, I like games that can be, like, very chaotic. That being said, though, I did watch a little bit of the 100 Baby Challenge by Kelsey and Peachishme on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
2: Oh, yeah. I've heard of Talk that. Talk about
1: chaos. I know. <laughs> it's the only world in which Kaylee would have 100 babies. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the series that I watch the most on James Turner's is his, he has like this Rags to Riches series. So each time a new pack's released, he does rags to riches. So, like, the, and it's all in this one family line. And so each series he picks, like, one of the, f- like, kids to become the new, like, main character. And they start with zero money and they're, like, scrounging trash heaps. And then riches when they have, like, a giant house and all this stuff. So I really like it when I watch it. Maybe I should play it more.
0: I feel like it's one of those games where it's a little unique, where it's, like, you can enjoy watching it almost, I would think, as much as playing it. I say as someone who's never played it.
2: No, that's correct. There's certain games where you just don't mind watching the other person play. And there's a very spooky... Sp- I love horror games. It's like one of my favorite all-time genres. Everything from Resident Evil to Silent Hill. And I think the game is called Until Dawn. And it's it was a successful PlayStation release. And that, ironically, is like watching a horror movie... So you can sit with your friend or your significant other hand the controller back and forth, but make sure to leave the lights off because it's it's gonna scare the hell out of you. It's amazing, but it's really like watching a horror movie and then there's a couple of multiple endings uh, or, you know several different endings. I think it's like three or four different endings and you know the, the guy who's like it's there's a lot of you know twists and turns as well so the the guy who ends up being yeah, crazy person in the end. They kind of throw you for a loop here and there, but it's a good one to watch and play. It's pretty neat.
1: I forgot about the I don't know if you ever saw Ice Princess Kaylee, but um Hayden Panettiere is the voice of one of the people in that game. She was also, I think, in Nashville, maybe. I recognize her name from somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah. But that's what is kind of funny though, because it's like this super scary, like, horror type thing. Is like, I think the whole premise of like these teenagers go up to like someone's ski cabin for the weekend or something like that yeah but like every time i saw her character all i could think of was ice princess
0: (laughs) i think that would be where i would be too on that one i feel like i've heard of that game before though i can't remember who mentioned it to me but i remember like a while back like somebody had mentioned that game and they said it was really good
2: Yeah, i think you can pick it up for like i think it's like 10 bucks now or something it's like an absolute steal Uh, i think it you know if you have a playstation it's great yeah.
1: Okay. So I know we were gonna start from when we were little, but I see the note about Kaylee's Call of Duty story, and I'm just like too intrigued to wait. So okay. what happened?
2: Ooh, tell me it's zombies.
0: It's not zombies. This is this is going to be like the biggest letdown story of your life. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um when I was in high school probably My older brother was super into Call of Duty. So he would always be playing Call of Duty. And I was like, I want to play Call of Duty. Because, of course, you know, you look up to your older sibling. And I was like, that sounds like it would be really fun. I was like, teach me how to play Call of Duty. And then he started to teach me how to play Call of Duty. And I couldn't get over the fact that you had to shoot the dogs. And then I immediately was like, I cannot do this. (laughs) I'm out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would get to me, too. I forget. Kyle was playing some. I think it was like fallout 4 something like that and the dog meat and and i was like so worried it's it's a dog named dog meat not like actual dog meat that makes it much better but i was so worried that you had to like either shoot dog meat or that he was gonna get shot and like every time he played i was watching i would just be so worried about what happened to dog meat it was my priority like main character i don't really care but like what's happening with the dog
2: He's a pretty badass uh, companion, actually. I think he just, he will, like, fearlessly run after, you know, big mutated creatures, and he's just, like, barking and trying to bite. It's pretty neat. Like, Fallout, all the Fallout series, like, I played Fallout 4 the most, maybe a little bit of 3, and they really put a new twist on open world games because it was that post-apocalyptic kind of theme, which, you know, you've seen rehashed, but Bethesda really did well because they just opened it up so you could really go anywhere, join different factions and you know fight fight some really creatively thought out characters, you know, just everything was definitely definitely well done, the art and uh, then they remastered it. That's another game that's an absolute steal. You can probably get it for 10-15 bucks. So
1: speaking of dogs, one of my uh, big games when I was little was Nintendo Dogs. And it was fabulous. I had like four dogs. I loved taking them for walks and giving them baths and stuff and it was as close to getting a dog that my mom would let me.
0: I feel like with dogs though, it's so hard because you have all of those voice commands that you need to do. I just remember like yelling at my Nintendo DS as a child like
1: sit! They never worked though! Like the voice ones were so hard to get them to work. No, they never did. I'm like
0: they should come out with, like, a redone version of that now because now hopefully they actually understand when you speak. I also have a story about that one, though. So we kept all of our Nintendo DS games in my little brother's case because he had a case that was, like, pretty big and could fit, like, all of our games together, right? That was one that got lost. Uh, he took it to church one Christmas, and we think it just fell out of the car and nobody returned it. Oh. Yeah, so he lost all of his uh Nintendo DS games and ours technically, but so we went back like a couple times to see if we could ever find it.
2: Oh man, that's so sad. If anybody's listening to the show that has a missing Nintendo DS case full of games, please email us here, you know, as soon as you can. You know, what there's a reward for that. So just let you guys know out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, uh at least take care of the dogs, please.
1: <laughs> so, my mom was cleaning out, which entailed digging up the old DS, and I turned it on. I plugged it in to turn it on, checking on the dogs. I would say after what a decade plus, they're still alive. You know, they might have needed a bath, but they were still alive. So, in case anybody's wondering, your 910 dogs are still out there waiting for you.
2: I was going to say um a good transition uh, as far as conversation would be right into Animal Crossing New Horizon because it always reminded me of when you don't see your, uh, you know, your islanders, your visitors, right? Is that what they call them? I can't remember. <laughs> I haven't probably see seen my, my island residents for so long, but when you turn on your switch and go back to your islands, they're literally like, Oh, it's you. I thought you had left us or. I forgot what you look like and they just start insulting you like but then they're friendly like what can I do for you today <laughs> you know it's it's just so so amazing like that game had such groundbreaking i guess customization it was like you could build almost um like Minecraft or something like that where you could really build with it but it still had this charm where you had these islanders and and you tried to get different ones you know based on they even had like little what are those uh the amiibo cards they had and you, you scan them and you can get like certain islanders so you wanted the perfect combination of islanders and you wanted to catch the latest fish then you wanted to you know go and do terraforming and build like your house way up with waterfalls coming down and i mean people on youtube that you you see the it's like amazing that they build like these you know 10 20,000 hour islands and they're phenomenal so That's a good one to talk about, I thought, because Animal Crossing really, really absolutely knocked it out of the park when it was released.
1: What I think is funny about that one is I never played the super old one, but we watched a channel. I think it was like what Tag Back TV, I think. And he went back and played like the first Animal Crossing. And man, those villagers were vicious. Like they were just like so mean to you. Like, I think they definitely became, like, in the one, um, which what was the new one? Was the new one New Horizons? Whatever one came out in the pandemic, like, they are pretty nice. Like, they'll say something slightly sassy if you haven't visited in a while. But, like, back in the day, they were just outright rude.
0: So, I have some questions about this. Because I have the DS version, which probably came out, like, 10 plus years ago. Right? So, I have the one of the really old versions. I'm not sure if it's the oldest or not. I don't know. But, um... For the village, if you don't, like, check in on your village and go there, does it get overgrown with weeds still? Because it used to do that the older versions.
2: Yeah, that was, wasn't it, like, New Leaf or something? Yeah, I think so. New Leaf was the the predecessor of it. And actually, yeah, New Horizons, they, they have the same kind of thing. If you leave your islands for days and weeks, uh, the seasons change. You get, like, overgrown weeds. And it's... It, kind of has that um, attention to detail with, you know, passing of time and seasons. So I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah.
0: I was just curious because I remember like, I would not check on it for like a month and I would come back and like, you couldn't walk anywhere because there were so many weeds. And so I was just like, mm, I wonder if they still do that with the more modern one. But yeah, I remember uh when I played... You could push the uh, villagers around, and if you pushed them enough, then they would get really mad at you. <laughs> Again, this just goes back to I look for all of the chaos in the video games.
1: <laughs> I feel like you and I could play the same exact game, but we play it completely differently. Where yours is just like, how much trouble can I cause? And me is like, how much for, like real life can I make this?
0: I think so. I think it uh, definitely showcases the differences. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think you can do that with the uh, newest version, too. You, if you, like, swat them with something, and they go, Stop doing that! That hurts! I'm not talking to you! And, and I think the, um, the villagers can get kind of disgruntled <laughs> and a little pissed off.
0: I also liked to uh, dig a whole bunch of holes around them so they'd be trapped.
1: Man! Kaylee is a child! What did you do, throw people off roller coasters or drown them or something like that? And then you're also trapping villagers?
0: I mean, I just wanted to see what I could get away with and like not have the game shut down on me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clearly, they thought that was within bounds before it was shut
1: down.
2: <laughs> they changed the game rating after they saw you play.
1: <laughs> they like, this is
2: no longer E for everybody.
1: Okay, one thing that I was thinking that'd be cool to get... Because, well, I have the Switch light, so the little things don't come off the end. So we'd have to play on Kyle's Switch. But, like, the new sports game that's, like, essentially seems like the revamped Wii Sports. Because I loved Wii Sports, but it was also, like, I feel like very early in that technology of, like, wave a wand around and the thing happens on the screen. So I feel like playing an updated version would be kind of cool.
0: I agree. I think Wii Sports was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, that brought um, video gaming to a whole new, uh, I guess, age group too. I remember like um, it was a big thing with seniors, you know, like grandparents and stuff, and they could do like fake bowling and uh, just a lot of neat things that um, had never really been done before with wireless controllers. And, uh, you know, people would notoriously, like, throw the controller across the room and try to blame Nintendo. (laughs) The funny thing about Nintendo, which you have to remember, is uh, every console that they release hardware-wise is usually a little inferior to the other ones that are uh, released in that era. Just, for example, like um, Sega just had, like, the 16-bit graphics and um, the processing of the colors were more vast. And the same thing goes for the Switch, where... You have, they're still using the chip that came out in like 2016 and, you know, the PS4 and uh, Xbox consoles were already ahead and now you have PS5 and Series X. So Nintendo always got away with inferior hardware, but always had memorable characters and series with a lot of charm. And that's why people played the Wii and, you know, it struggled with certain ports, you know, from other hardware developers uh and just say just like today if you play monster hunter on switch the frame rate's gonna suffer as compared to playing it on a you know a series x or something but nintendo always had that charm in their characters and you know memorable like mario Zel- zelda i'm sure we can go into that for days with that kind of thing but yeah we should probably talk about super mario a little bit what was your first mario experience
1: Honestly, I don't think I played that much when I had, like, my Game Boy or my DS because I was too busy playing Lizzie McGuire and Nintendo Dogs. But I think my first time playing, like, a Mario-related game might have been Smash Brothers Or Smash Bros. Which, I feel like I must prefer, like, the side-scrolling Marios. I don't know. What would you play, Kaylee?
0: I feel like, I'm pretty sure the ones I played were, like, the side-scrolling ones. I think I played, like, Super Mario... I can't remember exactly which one it was. I played the one where they race
2: Mario Kart.
0: That one, Mario Kart. I definitely played that one.
1: I love Mario Kart.
2: Mario Kart is like a religion, I'm telling you.
1: That one's way better than the Smash Smash thingy. Okay, I have some beef with Super Smash
0: Bros. I just don't like it. I think like <gasps> people love Super Smash Bros. And like I, all of like the Super Mario stuff, love it. Smash Bros. cannot get behind it. And I think the reason why is because everything would be happening so quickly. It was just too much for me to keep track of. I was like, I like a slower paced game. I like one where I can create my own chaos and don't have the chaos handed to me.
1: My problem with Smash Bros. is I think because you were saying like so many people were fighting each other at once. I could never quite figure out where my character was and what buttons I was pressing and what made them do Which thing which i feel like why mario kart's kind of nice because it's the chaos of like you can throw things at people and like totally mess them up but like i can very clearly see what i'm doing and that that makes it easier
2: that's true like they'll have like like we've played split screen before and you know people come over and uh you choose your favorite again the nintendo nostalgia you're like oh wario oh luigi oh there's yoshi you know and you can just put them in a little cart and uh customize the wheels and you know they have like different um some grip better some go have better acceleration but again it's that nostalgia from nintendo it just it just you know it's a 10 out of 10 every time with those games it's and people expect them to be incredible like oh breath of the wild 2 is coming out well breath of the wild 1 was groundbreaking as hell i'll tell you it's, they took open worlds and they gave it like a cell shading artistic style, which has always been kind of, I've been a fan of those, of those types of rendered graphics. And so it's pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, you, you hear Zelda and you're like, back to, you know, fourth grade here, I'm playing Zelda. So it's pretty neat.
0: Speaking of uh, Nintendo games, though, there was one that was like a Princess Peach game for, I think it was for the DS. Fabulous game really great it kind of reminds me of like a mario game but like the main character is princess peach so i really liked that one if you're somebody who's like looking to get into a game that's kind of like a little bit more off the beaten path i feel like that's one of them
1: i feel like i would have enjoyed that i always race as princess peach and when we play we play uh some re-release version. i think it's from like the wii u but we play it on the switch and i'm always princess peach in that one It's because her special power thing, when you get the power up, is that she can fly. And a lot of times I'm bad at jumping, so then I can always just fly and save myself and land.
2: You're really good with that. Uh, (laughs) You're pretty good with that, Princess Peach. Um, I think it's, what is that? I think it's called, like, Super Mario Brothers uh, Deluxe or something. I could be wrong.
1: All I know is that I'm, like, pretty sure it's the one that came out for, like, Wii U or around that time. But that reminds me, for other Mario games, when I got my Switch, the first game I got was Mario Odyssey, and I got real far because it was, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and then I uh, didn't have much to do. So I played it a lot, but then the thing is, is, like, I didn't play it for, like, two years, and so then I brought it back, like, a couple of weeks ago, and I pretty much just decided to start over because it had been so long that, like, A, I kind of forgot what happened, and B, I definitely forgot how to play. So I played that. And then also, I think a year or two ago, Mark got me um, Luigi's Mansion. So that's pretty fun. I haven't played it in a little, but I I was working my way through that one, too.
0: Kyle got out the Switch.
1: Oh, yeah, you have the name. Oh, Cat Quest. What is Cat Quest? This seems like a Leon game. It is. So it's this little cat and he runs around and he fights dragons and stuff. There's also a Cat Quest 2, in case anybody needs more.
2: So the Mario game that we were trying to remember the title of, Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. So they basically went in and took the old, um, I guess, a Wii version or, or whatever, and they just uh, you know made it more modern for the Switch. And it is such a great title, such a great co-op game. You get to fly around as a fox, like a Mario fox, which is really neat. Or the princess, of course. And then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the newest Mario Kart release uh, for Nintendo Switch. And that's, a, that, that's the one we were talking about. So it's amazing.
1: Okay. Kaylee, I know you said you like chaos. Have you ever played Overcooked? I have not.
2: Oh, that's such chaos.
1: I don't know if it's your preferred like Kaylee creates the chaos, but it's like you can play by yourself or with someone else and you're trying to like make meals, but you have a certain amount of time. And then like there's stuff where like you there's one where you're like on an iceberg and you can like slide off the iceberg or like there's one on moving trucks and you'll throw the food and it'll land up in the middle of the highway. It seemed very chaotic to me.
0: I think that sounds like my kind of game. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the uh, there's a stage in that one. And like Leanne mentioned, you're cooking up these orders on these two moving trucks going down the highway. It just doesn't make sense. But it's I guess they have like a restaurant in a 18-wheeler or something on the highway. And the funniest part is when you're trying to jump across and bring ingredients to the other person, and your character just falls off and goes, ah, and just (laughs) flies on the highway. And then you have to wait for the meter to go, like a little time meter to go, and then they – just pop your character back up uh, that that game will get your oh my god that game will get your anxiety like to 200 percent because yeah you're cooking these things uh, and a timer is going it's just just it's just hilarious
1: I think it's definitely one of those games that's more fun to play with somebody else like I've played it by myself but it's hard because, one, you have to play as both characters because when you play by yourself, there's two characters. So you have to keep switching between them, which is kind of hard. And I feel like when you epically mess up by, say, sliding off an 18-wheeler, it's not as funny when you're doing it by yourself. I feel like it's more just frustrating. But like when you're doing it with someone else, it's like the whole social experience and you don't even really care.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would be the person to try to sabotage whatever's going on there. Like, in the kitchen, I would be like, oh, let me just leave this on the stove. Oh, you want to get to the stove? You can't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see you as that role. What's your gaming life now? Have you played anything recently? Do you want to play stuff?
0: So, I feel like recently I haven't really played very much. Anything that I play now is normally, like, convenient games, I guess, I think sometime within the last year, I probably played Animal Crossing, but not within the last six months. I do Wordle sometimes. I sometimes do Pokemon Go, but it's like anything that's convenient for me to play, I'll play it. But if it's not convenient for me to play it, I probably will not uh, pick it up and play it. What about you? Wordle. That's the
1: closest thing I got, okay? Okay. <laughs> I I love a good Wordle, but I'm not sure it's a video game. <laughs> it's a video game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like oh, there's like some I like. Well, it's kind of funny because I like kind of like the light, heartwarming ones, like say like Cat Quest, <laughs> um, or like, even like the um, the Mario ones. Oh, and then there's one that's called It Takes Two where you play together and then there's all these little challenges and it's the whole premise is like there's a couple who's fighting and then there's this magic book of love and then you work through it to- together. And I think we haven't finished, but I think the whole premise in the end is like, we have to work together and like everybody can do something a little bit better because they're like, the like wife's like, oh, you never clean out your tool shed. And then the husband's like, oh, you never do this. But then I think the whole ending is like, well, Everybody has their own thing that the other person could be like, you don't do X or you don't do Y, but then to like go beyond that. I don't know. I'm just guessing because we haven't finished. Um, so I like those types of games. But then I also am like oddly into Shadow of Mordor where you run around fighting irks from like like the Lord of the Rings, which is hilarious because I never read the Lord of the Rings and I hated The Hobbit. But like for some reason, I just love ra- running around fighting irks.
2: It's so good because um they must have had an absolute blast doing the uh voiceovers for the for the because 'cause they're just absolutely hilarious. They talk about getting drunk on grog and and like, Oh, if I could catch a human right now, we'd have a great meal, you know, <laughs> it's just like really funny stuff. Or then you like your character's called the Ranger and uh he he's like this badass guy and he's got like um his sword, his daggers, you know, arrows, stuff like that, and the ability to jump from, you know, ungodly heights, you know, and do backflips, and and he has his ghost image of himself. So sometimes you go out of body, and the ghost image is able to locate some of the warlords and the uh, chief orcs, and those are the funny ones. Like you'll fight one that's um, like a drunk, like a drunk orc, and the and the voiceover is hilarious. He goes, "Ah, I found you." He goes. Now we're gonna fight. And he goes. <gasps> he goes. Just like it's just hilarious. He goes. Or what were we gonna do? Have a drink? I like to just like voiceovers are just so funny.
1: One of my favorite ones is you have this power, and when you're fighting them, you can freeze them. And then whenever you do that, you hear an arc go something like, "I think he's frozen."
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kaylee, that game is is chaos. You can have like seventy or eighty irks like battling at the same time, and then there's factions that can battle each other and you have like um, these awesome, like uh, like, almost like a specter arrows or something. It's like a ghost-like bow and arrow and you hit explosive and the orcs just its just so gratifying. You see like 70 orcs just blow up on fire. It's a good one.
0: So Kyle, what are some of the games that you liked to play or that you currently enjoy playing?
2: Oh geez. Currently... I was just kind of looking at my collection here. Um, I just started a game called uh, Returnal on PS5. It's a pretty good one. Um, the next-gen stuff's pretty amazing. You can really see the difference, uh, you know, in the new systems. It's no wonder they take a while to release, you know. God of War is a good one. And then some of...
1: Was that one when you're stuck in a train station?
2: Stuck in a train station?
1: Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic, and you're stuck in a train station, and then, I don't know, you're playing it recently.
2: Resident Evil 2. Yeah, they did the remaster. It's been out for a while, but it's it's something that everybody in the horror genre has to play once. It's one of the games that defines the whole identity of you know horror games, just the suspense. And I guess the only uh, critique on Resident Evil games is the clumsiness of the characters. They can't really jump. They're awkward the way they like come around the corner. They're like, Oh, I'm trying to load a gun. And they're just like, you know, that's, that was one of the only critiques of the series through the years. But it's a scary one, too, because you'll go back into a room and you'll think, you know, oh, this, this zombie character is like, he's, you know, he's dead. But then all of a sudden, you know, the thing, this mangled thing just goes, ah, starts grabbing your leg. (laughs) You know, and then there's, um, creepy, uh, Creepy dogs that attack you, all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's a good one. Oh, The Last of Us was a fantastic experience. That's one that we enjoyed a lot. Um, that's that's one of those ones you can watch someone else play, and it's like you're in a you're in some type of like a Hollywood level movie, but you're playing as you know one of the two characters, main characters. And uh, haven't played The Last of Us two yet, but it's supposed to be pretty amazing as well. So. And they're re-releasing the first one, actually, enhanced graphics for PS5, but they're going to charge people full price for it, which is, I don't know. If there's, like, new chapters in it or something, I could see, but I think they're releasing it at a full $70 price tag, which I thought is kind of short-minded for the fans, you know? Those are the PS5 ones that that come to mind.
1: Okay. I have questions. I was just thinking, if we wanted... To highlight one or two games that we would want to play that we haven't. Because I was just thinking, one game that's coming out at the end of the month that I wanna play is the, I don't forget what it's called, but basically the whole premise is that you're a bear and you're running a, like an Airbnb in the forest. And that's all I really know.
2: It's like Bear Bnb or something.
1: Yeah, Bear Bnb. <laughs> and I really wanna play that. And then there's another game that's like has no release date or anything but it's by the guy who did Stardew Valley except it's set in a chocolate factory. And so those are two games that like are new that I'm interested in. I think most of the games that I'm interested in, in that like I will buy myself are mostly I would say for my Switch because Kyle has so many games that if I want to play something on like an Xbox or a PS like whatever number we're on, I can just play one of his games if I want to, but I like finding those cute little relaxing games. Kaylee? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think
0: um, those relaxing games are probably my favorite. Sims is still on my list to try. I think I would like to try Grand Theft Auto just because I think it's a classic and it's all about breaking rules. So I think those would be the two on my list. In terms of like new games that are coming out, honestly, I haven't ever gotten like a, well, personally, I've never really gotten a gaming station past like my nintendo ds so like i think my family had like a wii when we were younger but like i haven't really gotten anything past that so i think maybe if i got like a switch or something i would be a little bit more up to date on the games but i don't have one it's on my list of things that i'm like hmm, maybe i'll purchase this in the future though so, maybe i'll wait for black friday or something
1: if you get one and like, you're kind of casually gaming. I don't know how much you play in a game, but I imagine it'd be something similar to my level where you like, you kind of do it every now and then you pop in. I would just recommend get the Switch Lite. That's what I have. He has the big one, but I feel like unless you feel the need to plug it into your TV all the time, which for the type of games that I play, I don't know. I feel like Stardew Valley on a full-size TV is a little like much. Like it's perfectly fine just on my screen. So I would recommend the Switch Lite. My question for you about
0: the Switch Lite is can
1: you play it with two people? No. But he already has a regular Switch so it was kind of pointless for me to get a regular Switch and then have like two docking stations. That's true. So that's another consideration. It's like if your boyfriend doesn't have one then maybe get the regular one so you could play together. But yeah, I didn't think of that. That's a good point.
0: I think that I would like the smallness of the light, but also I'm like, what What if there's a time when I want to play with somebody else and I don't have a little controller for them? So I don't know. I, I think I would have to reckon with that decision and, and come to a conclusion, I suppose.
2: Yeah, for me, I would say I definitely want to check out uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, I was just kind of looking through a couple things here. Um Finnish Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm a little late on that one, but seeing the next-gen performance is, is pretty amazing. There's also a game called Mass Effect The Trilogy, which is kind of like an open-world uh, space opera, so to speak, You know, where you uh, determine everything by your actions, and it's a masterpiece, and they, that's a good one to uh, revisit. I played them back in the day, I think, so those are pretty good. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff on here. Almost, yeah, too much to play, so very fortunate.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us for chatting about video games. Honestly, this was a lot of fun. I feel like this is one of my favorite episodes in a while. And thank you, Kyle, for joining us. For our next book club, we're going to be reading Apple Skin to Core by Eric Gansworth, and that will be dropping on November 7th.
1: We hope you enjoyed our discussion on video games. We'd love to hear what type of games that you like to play. So please send us an email or DM us on Instagram. And don't forget to rate Zelennials Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Zillenials Podcast on Instagram or email us at at Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.